0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Nucleus Investment Insights. In today's episode, we're going to do a deep dive into the world of ethical investing. On the agenda, we'll define what ethical investing is, we'll explore the effect of ethical investing on portfolio performance. Next, we'll look at what options are out there in the market. And then we'll delve into the many pitfalls. Today as always I want to welcome Damien Klassen, who's Nucleus Wealth's co-founder and chief investment officer. Damo, welcome. Hi Sam. Hey Damo, my name's Sam Kerr and I'm the senior financial advisor at Nucleus Wealth. For those of you that don't know, Nucleus Wealth is an Australian active and passive investment manager. We're a global macro investment house and use the insights shared in this podcast to construct and manage our active portfolios. We're also the first to offer passive direct indexing in Australia, which has been labelled ETFs 2.0 as you can customise your chosen index. On the point of customisation, we offer around 50, 50 different ethical sector and asset class screens, so you can personalise your portfolio so it aligns to your ethical values, beliefs and specific market views. Just a quick housekeeping reminder, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the bell below to be notified when we go live or have a new episode recorded. We are usually live every Thursday at 12.30 Sydney, Melbourne time, but today's a pre-record as the team is off enjoying the Christmas break, so we won't be able to answer any of your questions live today. However, for future episodes, jump in and ask any questions that come to mind and we'll do our best to answer them during the show. You can also follow us on your preferred podcast platform as our show is available on all the majors. And if you'd like to look at the slides in more detail, we'll post them in the show notes this afternoon, and you can view these at nicholaswealth.com forward slash webinars. So now we've got the housekeeping out of the way. Damo, over to you to get us, get us started. Yeah, sure. So the main
1: thing I want to try and run through today is um, just sort of giving you a broad overview of, of ethical investing. Um, ASIC's been on the warpath recently, cracking down on a bunch of people who are doing the wrong thing in, in this space. It's um, it's a bit of flavor of the minute, and so you know, whenever uh, an investment theory is, is is flavor of the minute, it all, it obviously attracts a lot of uh, a lot of the, the less scrupulous op- operators as well as uh, as well as the, the more scrupulous ones. Um, so I guess what I want to do is talk about that. Talk about what it actually means for your portfolio. Like, how far are you actually going to underperform? And then, uh, what are the different options out there? How can you how can you invest? And and what are the pitfalls you should be looking for? So I'll try to keep it relatively quick um, as I run through because there's there's lots of different terminology and, and things like that. So I'll, I'll I'll try and hit you up with a few of those to start with. Um, so first, I want to start with this idea of um, you know sustainable investing. Um, you know socially responsible investing and ethical investing. That that a lot of some people look at it on on this sort of spectrum of sort of light green to to, to dark green, in terms of the sustainable is um, sort of things that sort of lean in the right direction, and then socially responsible sort of uh, gets you one step further, and then and then you start sort of knocking more and more things out. Um, the uh, that's probably so, so. that's that's sort of one spectrum. We've got a few other spectrums we're going to we're going to talk about. Uh, but I, what, I did want to talk about this ASIC sort of crackdown that's been going on, uh, in particular in terms of greenwashing. And so what's been happening is um, what, what they're calling this is, is where companies basically come out with um, with products that look like they're, they're ethically focused, but but when you actually dig into it, you find that it's actually just the same product slapped with a, a different label on it, or, or you know some very slight changes. And so um, you know, as you sort of come out and, and banned a few and, and give them a few fines and, and starting to um and, and it's been quite clear as to uh as to what it's looking for and what it's trying to get out of this in terms of actually, you know, what what you what you say is what you actually need to to li- to, to deliver on on those. So, you know, I guess though it is a it's a uh, an important reminder that there are a lot of um uh a lot out there who are doing uh this this is an area rife right where if you slap a green logo on it, it, it seems like um, oh, therefore it must be good. Um, you know, you can't you can't possibly be unethical and trying to sell ethical products. Whereas, um, I do think there are a number of companies out there that that are, that are doing that, and, and a number that I would I would consider charging unethical fees as well, um, while while purporting to be um, to, to selling uh, ethical products.
0: Um. So this, so. That's so the, so, Damo, these I mean, these are really. Uh, companies that are trying to ride that wave of, uh, you know, ethical investing, doing good for the environment, and uh, you know, putting that green banner on them, but maybe they're not actually not actually doing it. They're just trying to capture funds or, you know, be perceived it's, to be doing the right thing when in reality they're not. Is, yeah, is, that, exactly. is that the idea? Yep. Yeah, it's all marketing, yeah. um, no, no substance
1: behind it. And it is worth noting as well, even once you start looking at companies themselves. So, um, you, you know, you, you might look at a company which is a, um, you know, say a BP or, or one of the big oil guys, and they've got these masses of of uh, documents they'll give you about all these different things they're doing and all these positive effects and and you know support for local communities and you know this this um you know like a tidal wave of information about how they're they're helping society but in the end they're still they're still doing that you know they're still producing that oil and, and a lot of these you'd go to their website and you wouldn't even know That you're looking at an oil producer, they're like there's all these pristine pictures of you know beaches and penguins and you know all these other (sighs) things, and you're like, what does this company actually do? (laughs) You know, and and windmills because they've got a few you know 0.01 percent of their their business is 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 producing green power, Um, and so the greenwashing, the the acid crackdowns on investment ones, but but that also happens at the company level as well. In that you find you know big companies will often pass some of these. Uh, Some some of the the tests that that the the ESG providers, uh, information providers give, um, they they pass with flying colours and some of the smaller companies um, don't, not because the smaller companies are doing worse things than the bigger companies. It's just the bigger companies have a department who who know how to spin and look things and and get the the boxes ticked. And so if they need to have whatever it is to get a box ticked, they will get that box ticked um you know and and whereas the smaller one doesn't even know they need to tick the box they're too busy actually running their business to 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 speak to these um uh you know the the social ones so yeah i guess it's both at a company level and at an investment level there's there's
0: greenwashing going on yeah so it sounds like a marketing spin uh that often may not be ethical shall we say yes (laughs) now now
1: the the other definite the next definition I wanted to run through was um, the, what is usually called ESG. So environmental, social and governance. Now there's three sort of elements to that, and uh, they are difficult to uh, some of them are more difficult than others to actually quantify what it actually is. So so environmental is a bit easier in that that's looking at a company's uh, energy use, um, what it, what it's wasting, pollution, um, you know, natural resource conservation, things like that. Uh, then you get the social ones, where it's more about look, ha- what's the company like as a social player? Is it dodging its taxes? Is it actually, um, you know, is it, is it screwing its suppliers, or is it giving a fair wages and, and and all these types of factors like that? And then finally, the governance. You know, what's what's the leadership like? Are they are they um, benefiting management at the expense of shareholders, or is it you know is executive pay way above what you'd expect to see in, in other um, in other companies and and so, um, so those three together often sort of act as um, uh, a, what what a lot of different firms will look at as their, their measurements.
0: Yeah, well, and but- I think I think uh, demo just with the ESG, it's it's been an attempt to uh, I guess standardize a lot of the different aspects out there because there's so much uh, to look at, you know, mm-hmm. in in a, in a company. Um, and yeah, I guess these are just sort of a way to categorise and and I guess compare one company to the next in in a sense.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we'll I'll, I'll go into a few of the how you can sort of the positive and negative. That's probably fits for this next one is is you know that how do people invest in them? You're either doing a positive, a best of breed, or a negative, typically in in terms of uh, investment in terms of ethical investing. And so what I'm talking about there is I'm saying. A positive ethical investment is is basically saying we're out there trying to look for companies that are going to make a difference. So we're going to we're going to find the ones that are, are producing, um, you know, that are running wind uh, electric uh, windmills or or um, yeah, you know, producing renewable power and and all these other factors, you know, things that they think are going to, um, you know, some some sort of carbon um, improved way of producing cement or things like that. Where it's like, okay, I'm actually looking for the guys that are going to help.
0: Yeah, and that's that's also uh, called impact investing, another term mm. for that. So you're actually making an impact. You're actually doing some good rather than just excluding um, companies.
1: Yeah. Now that sounds good. Um, uh, <laughs> the problem with it is S-
0: sounds like there's a but.
1: Yeah, there's a very big but for this one. Is uh, the problem with it is 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 that how much are you going to pay for these companies? So you know, I found this company that's that's fantastic. It's doing all these great things for society, and it's you know, and it's it's paying all the shareholders. Uh, sorry, paying all its employees at great wages and donating all to the to the local communities and and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it might be priced on this horrendous multiple where it's really expensive. And yes, maybe they're going to save the world, but do I want to actually lose money on my investment? And 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 it's this idea behind it is saying, well. If I'm out there buying a company that's just really expensive because it's doing all these great things for the environment, um, what have I actually really done? So I've, I've just taken, you know, whatever hundred thousand dollars of my hard-earned cash, and I've dumped it all into this company that's that's fantastic and it's doing all these great things. That company hasn't seen one cent of my money. That's all gone to another shareholder who's traded out of the company and, and gone and bought something else with it. And so um, it's a question about whether you know. It's hard enough finding companies that are, that are cheap and, and reasonable quality and appropriately priced and all these things like that, and and, and got reasonable growth. Um, to then say, oh, and they also have to save the world, sort of then it ends up making it more difficult. So I'm not saying that, you know, investors will avoid these companies. It's just a question about how overpriced you wanna pay for those companies. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'll move a little bit more into that in a, in a minute. The next one's this best of breed idea. And so the best of breed basically says, look, let's benchmark companies all against each other and we'll go, let's take the, um, you know, uh, we don't want to have no exposure to certain sectors. So let's just take the companies that are doing the most. So um, for example, you might go uh, in the carbon sector, you might end up owning Woodside. Um, and so you, you invest in this fund that you, you think's sort of, you know, carbon, it's, it's looking for uh, uh, reduces, a reduced carbon investment investment impact and you're looking at it you go i oh, just mean oh, i've got woodside like this these guys are one of the, the biggest oil and gas companies in in australia um and and you know one of the biggest globally and you go well yes but they're um they're mainly producing gas and the gas is uh, and gas is way better as a transition fuel than coal and so therefore we've picked them and so it's a question for, for a lot of people about saying well is this a little just a little bit disingenuous and, and if you're saying look, look i'm trying to get carbon out of my portfolio should I just get carbon out of my portfolio, rather than saying, "Well, I'll still invest in some of them as long as they're the, yeah, as long as they're, they're better than the, the worst. As long as they're not the worst ones, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that." And so, um, uh, so that, that sort of faces two aspects. One is um, you've got that same issue about um, performance. It's about saying, "Well, I'm not picking. I'm, I'm still buying oil and gas, but I'm not picking it based on on whether I think this stock's going to outperform other ones and whether it's got good assets. I'm just buying it because I, I think that." They've done a, a better job presenting you know what what their effect is going to be on, on on society and so there's that same issue there and then the second one is it is a little bit you know if, if you're genuinely investing saying well I, I don't want to make money from um polluting the planet or, and I want to try and move shift into renewable energies then investing in a company that 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 is still involved in the the carbon um part of the market is is probably not the not what you're not what you're actually looking for
0: yeah, and uh, Damon, I think uh, you know often people get sucked in. Yes, I want to. I want to be an ethical investor, and they they may invest in an ethical fund, and then uh, realize that the fund does have these best of breed type companies in there, mm. uh, because often the funds, you know, if you exclude lots and lots of these different uh, sectors that are maybe perceived as bad, you know, they can be underperformance. So maybe they put in best of breed. Uh, but then uh, that's sort of at odds with with what the the intention of the fund, and I guess it's sort of on some level a bit of greenwashing. Uh, yeah, if they're absolutely. still going to include a wood site.
1: Yeah, uh, and then finally you have this the negative ethical screening. So this one basically excludes companies from the portfolio that that don't have that they're in that sector you don't want, or governance issues, or whatever the, the other factors are that that actually. Um, uh, you know, ex- excludes them from yours. Now, that's that's our preference is going down that line. Having said that, though, um, you know, you can run into the issue, as you said, with a lot of with a lot of other funds, where um, it's a little bit all in or all out. And so that's where um, you you might go, yeah, okay, I, I want an ethical fund, but uh, I need to find one that's you know, well, I might be investing in an ethical fund because I-, I don't want to have anything to do with tobacco, and I don't want to have anything to do with with um, Uh, say nuclear power and and anything to do with uh, you know carbon and so that's great I've got those ones but all of a sudden I'm like well now now I'm not doing anything with animal testing and I'm missing out on some companies there that I might have felt ambivalent about maybe there's no gaming companies in there and I might think well gaming's fine for me Uh, but there might be alcohol companies missing and I'm sort of saying well you know I'm I'm happy to buy alcohol companies if that's you know one of my, my ethical screens and so sometimes you can end up with you know too much pushed out of your portfolio and, and sort of end up with these, uh, these unweighted portfolios. And that's where we sort of look to bring that back so that people can individualize it. But, but we'll move on to that, you know, at, at a later date. But I guess the, the, the overall, the, the main thing I wanted to point out with though was that there's three different ways. You're positive, you're best of breed and, and you're negative. And, and almost all funds um, fall into one of those categories or, or, or a mix of those categories in terms of how they treat things. So, that leads back to um, the, the real question. I think everyone should be asking um, before you know, as you're coming into this, why do you actually want to invest ethically, um, and, and should you be doing it at all? And this is where um, you know, so so, and this is coming from like we're we're one of the bigger ethical providers in the market, so so we've certainly obviously got a, a vested interest. But I do, in, in terms of getting people to, to to make at least some decisions about ethical investing and and, and slice some things out of the portfolio, um, but I do want to say that. Uh, you really do need to think about why you're doing it, because there are there are lots of better ways to do it. Often, I spoke about that example of saying um, buying shares on the market, and I've, I've got a few up on screen just showing from more impact to less impact. And so, yeah, you know, a bigger a bigger impact is making a donation. So, you know, if you've got money and you're and you're not particularly you're not particularly interested in the outcome, you just want to get a, a of of your actual investment. So, say you help you're interested in helping. Um, Whatever it is, some sort of uh, you know, Let's say let's say you're looking for to cure a cancer, cure a particular type of disease, and you can you can choose to go and invest in a biotech stock that's got this interesting um, uh, uh, this interesting technology in that space. And, and these ones always look really good. You know, there's always lots of pictures of you know young kids that, with those diseases who they're helping to solve and all those types of things. If you actually just took your money and went out and donated to that cause, that's going to help your cause more than you buying a share from another investor. Like that's actually going to make a genuine, you know, the cause gets your money and off they go. Companies themselves tend not to be tax deductible. um, But, you know, chances are that if if it's an ethical thing, there'll be some sort of um, industry body or something like that out there where you can make a tax deductible donation to it. And so you can actually genuinely help that. The next thing is actually buying the product yourself. So, you know, if you're talking, let's say it's solar panels or something like that, is you becoming an investor in a solar panel manufacturer, sure, that might help them um in in a, in a very small way in terms of increasing their price or whatever but actually what they really prefer you to do is actually get out and buy their product um, that's actually going to make a that's actually you know most companies want more uh clients or customers that than more investors and the companies that don't the companies that are interested in more investors than 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 customers you know they're the ones you really have to be worried about because <laughs> they're, they're the ones that are running something where you're like why do you need to keep on getting investors in, you know into to help support um the 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 third way then is actually buying shares from the company in a capital raising. So the cap, so your your biotech company is saying, um, okay, we've reached whatever level we wanna we wanna get through to the we wanna get through the the, the next hurdle that the the regulatory authorities are, are giving us. We need to raise another twenty million dollars to get past that and do all the extra research and have the, the clinical studies. Okay, if you give that company money in a capital raising, that is genuinely helping that company to, to achieve its goal. If you wait until the capital risings after and then go and buy shares from another investor, that last one that buys shares on the market. So I guess what we try and do within our portfolios is to say, well, go through the sectors and work out what you're trying to do here. So if it's something where you might say, look, I just don't want to be invested in carbon because um, you know, I've got a I have a problem with making money from that while it's, you know, and I want to try and encourage more companies to to do it, then sure, you can knock that sector out. If you're looking at something like um, uh, you know, a positive effect, and, and like a, a solar panel manufacturer, and you're saying, "Well, I'd like to, I'd like to increase solar panel, you know, around around the world, or whatever." Is saying, "Well, there's either donations you can make to to foundations that are, you know, putting them on schools or, or whatever, or you can actually just go and buy solar panels yourself and put them on your house, or put them on your your investment property, or whatever it is. To actually, that will really help more so than than actually getting out and doing one of those. So anyway, I'll get off my house on that one because I I do <laughs> want people to think about it. Um, we offer ethical, but I, but I want to make sure people are actually ticking the box because actually it, it's not just virtue signaling. You know, it's not just um, you know there's there's this thing about you know if I see an Instagram post and and complaining about something and I can go in there and complain about the latest thing Donald Trump's just said or or whatever it is or the latest cause, you know, me clicking the like button really isn't doing much. But I don't want to I don't want to walk away feeling as if I have done a a, a lot, and you know I want people to actually genuinely help. Whatever the cause they're looking
0: to help is. Yeah. And, and Damo, back to that question uh, why do you actually want to ethically invest? I think it boils down to values. You know, some people, uh, they just want to make money. Uh, other people, they want to feel good about how their money's invested or they, they want to do some good in the world. Uh, and often those two things, they're sort of at odds, you know. If you ethically invest, well, maybe you're not going to make as much money. Uh, there might be slight underperformance compared to, you know, if you're just purely got a profit mentality. Um, yeah, well, and let's get we'll move on to that in a sec.
1: Uh, the the actual performance hit because I think I think a lot of people are sort of pleasantly surprised about the longer term impacts of it because mm-hmm. it's, it's probably not as much as what they think um, in terms of the the investment impact. Um, but but the first thing I wanted to bring up though is that. Um, ethical rating is not a science as much as we'd love it to be this thing about saying oh this this company's really rates really well this one doesn't rate really well um, I've got a scatter plot up here um, from MSCI which is um, uh, one provider of of, uh, ESG scores and another one from FTSE which is um, another provider of of, uh, ESG scores and it's basically plotted them all on a uh, on a chart. Um, each dot is a company, and it's rating on one, and it's rating on the other. Now, um, for anyone who's just listening in, uh, it's basically a random scatter. There are companies all over the place. There's some of them that uh, rate really highly on on one, but not on the other, and there's some that rate highly on both, and some that rate badly on both. But but it's just all over the place. Like there, it doesn't look like a science at all. You'd expect that if if there was a, a solid methodology and they're both everyone sort of following the same thing you'd end up with with something close to a, a straight line where you know a diagonally you know a 45 degree angle but but you just don't it's just not similar and, and one of the examples this was from a few years ago but one of the examples um there's a there's a third provider which i think was russell and um uh, they used Tesla as one of the examples where one of the one of them smashed Tesla because it had such poor corporate governance, and so it was one of the worst ones out there. The other one loved it because it was, um, yeah, you know, it was all about electric uh, vehicles and getting off carbon, and so it rated really highly. And the third one had it somewhere in the middle. And so you've got you know a single stock, which depending upon which provider you want to do to, to take, is either the best, the worst, or or somewhere in the middle. And so um, there is this part about. Once you start, especially the social scores, um, we find that there's uh, the, the and that's part of the reason why, why ASIC's cracking down on this greenwashing. What we find within ours is we try and be quite specific about the companies we're trying to knock out, um, because then people can go, well, okay, I'm I'm going to invest with you. I'm not going to get any stocks that are in the the alcohol and tobacco sector. Great, I know what I'm I know what I'm not getting. You know, um, there's not a second order, for example. So we're getting rid of the tobacco stocks. But we're not. There isn't like a second order. Oh, okay, we're also going to kick out Woolworths because it sells tobacco. We're saying no, no. We're just limiting this one to one to one step. Um, whereas uh, the social part is actually really difficult. So how do how do you judge whether a company is paying its employees the right? You know, how do you judge whether it's it's um, uh, interacting appropriately with local with um, local communities? You know you might have a, a mining company that donates all this money to the local football teams but pollutes the uh, you know pollutes the local stream you know which is which is more important the pollution of the stream or the or, or the donation to the, to the local football teams um, there's so many of these things that are uh, there's so many gray areas in terms of the social side um the final side the governance side is is actually a little bit easier usually and we find within the governance so um, to us that's actually a value that's actually a quality measure anyway like we're already using governance in our uh even if we uh we weren't looking at companies in terms of the um from an esg perspective we're just saying well if a company's got good governance chances are it's going to perform better over over a period of time and so um, yeah so that one's a bit easier uh there's one other thing i was going to say on the social one oh so social one some of them you can be um specific about we, we throw that as into ours so you can sort of um for example, we've got some stuff in, uh, you know some screens we'll use where we'll say uh, diversity. You know, you've got to have a certain proportion of your board needs to be needs to be female. We uh, we use sort of 10% cutoff and, and 25% cutoff. And, and you'd be surprised at how many companies fail the the 10% cutoff, particularly in Japan, for you know not having one one person in ten in their senior senior management or or, uh, or board. Um, so there's there's things like that you can do, and just you know, for us that's a choice. Do you want to? Do you think import, diversity is important? If so, choose to knock those out. Um, but 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 a lot of the social ones are very difficult to to actually quantify and to, and to come up with a an assessment of what the right what the right thing is.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like a real art, not a science. And uh, uh, there's there's just so many aspects to the so, sort of ESG, ESG or uh, or ethical investing. And, and I guess that's why, back to my point before, why they've tried to sort of standardise it to a degree with the ESG. Yeah. Um, and as you can then, see from that scatterplot, it's not. Yeah, it <laughs> hasn't, hasn't worked. And then yeah. with your with your Tesla example as well, it it really is very subjective. Yeah. And even got the governance side, you look
1: at something like a uh, a Google, and they've got this, broad, this board that's extremely diverse, you know. Um, really well uh thought of in terms of you know quite senior and 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 all that and they're, they're largely independent so that's great on the flip side they've got these voting shares so that you know the, the founders can get a better um uh more say of the company than than, than what they should have so which is more important the board or the, or the, the shareholder structure and so yeah there's the, those questions pop up all over the place anyway but let's talk about performance because that's probably the the um that's probably what people really do want to know um, so the first part is that it, a lot of this really depends upon how much skill you think investment managers have. Uh, so because you, what you're doing is, in in my mind, ethical is reducing your opportunity set. So if I've got 1,600 stocks globally that I can invest in, in the large cap index, and then um, you say to me, no, you're not allowed to invest in those 1,600. You're only allowed to invest in 800 of those. Now I'd like you to go and beat everyone else who can access all 1,600. You've reduced my opportunity set. And so um, the chances are, you know, we're looking at a lower performance. On the flip side, if you don't think managers have any skill at all, then it doesn't really matter because you're just taking a random bet on different sectors. So, yeah, I guess it, it, that sort of depends very much on the on on your thoughts on on skill versus, versus luck within this. Um, The main thing I do want to say on portfolio performance, don't get too caught up on historical, specific historical examples. Like uh, every few years you you have these uh, headlines come out, which is basically, hey, you can have it all, Sam. You know, ethical funds have outperformed um, and, you know, they've done really well over the last year. So you you can invest ethically and you can get great performance. Uh, And then there's other times where you you don't see the headlines, but, but the reverse happens. So what and what that tends to rely on really is is the oil and gas sector the oil and gas sector booms then ethical funds outperform if it busts ethical performs. uh sorry other way around yeah yeah ethical the the oil and gas sector booms ethical funds don't have it so they'll underperform if it busts ethical funds don't have it so they outperform um
0: and is that is that the major determining factor do you think
1: that's the major one, but there are other ones. Like I've got, I've got one up just sort of showing this um, tobacco. So there was you went through about a uh, an almost ten year period where that the, the ex tobacco funds all underperformed. So any any of the funds, and that, that's quite a common uh, ethical screen in Australia. So um, there's a lot of funds that were like, yeah, we're a normal fund, but we don't invest in any in tobacco stocks. And so they spent ten years underperforming, and then they spent another five years outperforming. And and was that because that there was a, a brilliant decision on one part or the other. No, it was just that the, what was the tobacco sector doing over that over that time period? And it wasn't yes, yeah, not, mu- not as much about the ethical side as what it was about um, the other factors that are in there. Uh, the other and then the other thing is fees. Yeah. So if you're finding somebody who's not that ethical on your fees, you know you might be giving up return, but but it's not really investment return. You might be getting a very similar investment return to the rest of the market. It's just that um, your investment manager might be telling you that. Um, you know they, they need to charge a lot more and, and it does and it, I've seen it happen you know people that might run a, a fund and charge you 0.5 know, percent for it and, and they're out charging one or one and a half percent for for an ethical fund um is it any harder? no I mean in most in the most part um, what most fund managers end up doing is, they buy in somebody else to do the ethical screens for them, and they basically say, "Well, we'll, you know, MSCI or, or Russell or someone like that. You do the ethical screens, and then just tell us what we're allowed to buy." So, so rather than having 16 stocks, I've, you know, now I've only got 1,200 stocks I can buy. I don't care why why MSCI has cut them out. It's just going out and trying to find the best of those 1,200 stocks. And so that's the way most fund managers treat it. Um, so there's no real reason that they they should be charging you more for for ethical, but uh, except the fact that they, you know they can.
0: Just, just because they can, and it, and it's not that ethical. They're just right in, right that wave of of ethical that that greenwashing. So the other thing
1: for performance, though, there's probably a better indicator. Now this is a few years old, but it's, it, has, it hasn't changed that much. Um, I just wanted to show this is a uh, a GMO um, thing, looking at the US and just saying, well, what what happens if you excluded an entire sector? And so if you looked at seventy odd years of um uh from 1957 to 2017 you're basically saying yeah you know, if you had to exclude the entire consumer staple sector you would have underperformed by about 0.6 percent um and there's plenty of sectors you would have um outperformed with so yeah that's your the, the worst outcome over that time period and if you go back even further it gets even smaller so you know now you're back to sort of um you 0.15 know, percent um yeah you know, you're so I guess where I'm getting to is um, there's not a lot of you know it, over the longer term. Um, if, if you're just going to be excluding one sector consistently, there's probably not a lot of difference that's going to make to your overall investment portfolio.
0: Yeah, so but we got to we got to take into account uh, ethical fees. If if there's a, a fund exactly. manager well, charging if you're, you high invested, fees, invested in
1: the same fees. Yep. Yeah. Then, that's then there's very yeah. there's very little. It might be you know. 0.1, 0.2 percent. You'd expect it. Like I'm showing you the worst examples here, so you'd mm. expect that you know 0.1, 0.2 percent or less, and and it's either direction as well. Like you, you can be above as well as below, and and so um, you know, I, I guess from a, from that perspective, there, there's there is an element of reducing the, the sample size, but but I think if you're knocking stuff out, yeah, I think that quite a low um, return is uh, over the longer term. Um, is what history would tell us is gonna to happen to the
0: portfolio. Yeah, see Unless- that that's that's interesting because I I was under the impression that uh, investing ethically, you were gonna you you were likely to get underperformance just because mm-hmm. of that smaller sample size. Um, but I guess the evidence shows you know the it's a pretty minimal um, you know, over the long term either, is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. It might it might be a percent or two in a year,
1: but I mean the worst thing you can do is go, well you know, i uh, uh um yeah, I've said, say it's energy changing. that, yeah, chopping chain. exactly. Say it's energy. And so you're like, you you don't have any energy in your portfolio. Uh, the energy sector booms and you're like, oh, I missed out. Oh, let me jump into a normal <laughs> one. Then the energy sector busts and then you're like down and ethical out- for- funds outperformed and you're reading the headline saying, hey, ethical funds outperformed. You're like, oh, let me get back into that just before energy booms again. And so, you know. Here's what I'm saying is, if you pick a lane and stick with it, you you'll probably find that um yeah the performance over the long term is not that different.
0: Yeah, and the and the same the same goes for chopping and changing between investment managers. There's a lot of research out there that uh yes. retail investors that jump around they significantly underperform uh, compared to just staying with the fund.
1: Yeah, particularly if you if you're going between um yeah different styles, so you're going from a quality manager to a value manager to a growth manager or whatever it is, and so you pick that whatever performed great over the last two years that's what you're jumping into and then and investment styles you go we go through a growth section then we go through a value section then we go through a quality section and so yeah absolutely but let's let's actually so let's talk about some of the um investment options you've got out there uh so there's a beta shares ETF so if you want to go through that down a, a listed fund um I've just brought, brought up the, the types of things you can expect to uh to to cut out so uh, you know, no gambling, no alcohol, no animal cruelty. So I think at the top of the list, sort of most people would sort of be cutting those out. Nuclear energy is is a fascinating one for us. Is that we find some people are like, no, I don't, you know, I, I don't want nuclear energy in it. Other people are like, I do want, you know, I'm, I don't want any carbon, but I do want nuclear energy because I, I think nuclear energy is the, you know, the an alternative that's that that should be used. And so, um, you know, that's yeah, just a clear example of if you're buying an ETF chances are you you it's just throwing you know, you're throwing, you might be throwing out a lot of things that that you, that you might not um you might be ambivalent about uh then you get these managed then you get managed funds um and uh, I've got a few I've got a little bit of a quote here but I just want to um highlight that there's um yeah, this is looking at US and 8 of the 10 biggest sustainable funds were invested in oil and gas companies um the uh, you had a Vanguard. Vanguard's a very good company, and usually you, you're quite ethical as well, of their own fees and everything. But but they had a social index fund meant to track index, excluding companies with significant controversies. Um, and that fund had um, Occidental Petroleum Group, which sort of you know paid a a bunch of Peruvians villagers this this massive amount for contaminating the Amazon. Like this, you, you can I'm sure you can find something within any of these that where, where things have gone wrong. So, um, I guess the question for for all those is try to work out what am I getting? Am I getting it? And are they doing? Are they actually genuinely trying to do the right thing? Uh, and so that's sort of so that's so you've got your um, your ETFs. You've got a number of different managed funds out there, and trying to match it up with, with what you like. Uh, the other thing that you can do then is sort of the customized options. So uh, there's um, you can go get sort of individual share portfolios through an ethical advisor. Or you can get go down the sort of separately managed accounts, and that's where we're that's the space we play, where um, we run quite large portfolios, and then we let people knock out the sectors or or stocks that they're not interested in. So um, yeah, so so yeah, that's that's sort of basically your three options. One is um, yeah listed ETFs. Secondly, is going to a managed fund that will that will uh, give you access to it, Uh, and then finally the the custom versions. You know, ranging between having your own portfolio to to uh, a separately managed account, where it's sort of professionally run portfolio, but but lets you uh, make some make some changes to that portfolio.
0: Yeah, and Damo, I think uh, a really important point we're trying to make for the viewers is that not all ethical in- investment managers are created equal, and uh, you really do need to look under the hood and you need to do a deep dive and. And see if they're a type that just excludes pretty much everything. You know, do you want to align yourself with that? Um, if you're, you know, there are certain sectors like the, the nuclear one, for example, that comes up, up for us all the time. You know, if yeah. people do perceive that to be a, a good clean, uh, type of energy in the way of the future, I mean, you know, more than likely you'd want to invest in that and, and not exclude it. And uh, I think from, uh, from that, uh, from that sort of point that's where you know from what you've told me you know why nucleus wealth chose to do the actual exclusions uh to allow people to actually decide what they value and and what they want and what they don't want and then uh uh, create your portfolio from there and then you know it really is aligned to to your values and beliefs um so yeah it's it's important it's important to to do a deep dive and and to really look under the hood and and see what's actually in each of these ethical funds Mm -hmm.
1: Now, two two quick things I want to do. One is just a quick shout out. We have an cool comparison tool up there, so you can just go through and you know have a look and choose the, the types of things you 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 might choose. You might subtract from a portfolio and just see how how that uh, how that rates versus others. So you know for, for ours, for example, uh, religion ri- relates right at the bottom in terms of popularity, and climate change rates quite right at the top, and and it actually varies though. You know once you dig in there, say war, for example, war is not very popular with um, you know, there's a lot of older investors who have been removing companies in uh, to to do with war, whereas a lot of the younger investors are actually, um, I guess, more. Uh, they they seem to be happier to have the the companies that are actually producing the 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 the, the weapons, um, but they're more concerned about, say, human rights or, or climate change from from portfolios. And we'll link that in the uh, in the show notes. So with that, I just want to sort of give those the final words. So. Um, you know, uh, I'll come back to that. Why are you doing this? If you, if you want to make the world a better place using your money, consider other ways first. You know, is a donation going to be more helpful? And and keep your investment separate to your to uh, your your um, uh, your your ability to do good with your money. Um, and then the question, though, is if you don't, if you want to use your money and you want to say, well, I don't want to make the world a worse place. That's where we think we like to step in and, and let, let you say, well, you know, you might just might not be unco- you might be uncomfortable making money from tobacco, regardless of whether it's a great, it's really profitable or whatever. You just want to say, I don't want to make any money from tobacco. Um, and then there's probably not as much difference in, in in returns as what we might think over the longer term, but. Um, you do need to sort of dig in and make sure you're not paying unethical fees, and uh, you know I think the uh, that that thought that there's jobs you just wouldn't do because um, you know regardless of how much money you get paid, and and that might should be probably similar for uh, for a lot of people with your investments. If you, you know, if you wouldn't work in that industry because you, you feel bad about the way they make money, then um, you know maybe question about whether you should be investing in that industry for the uh, for the same along the same path
0: excellent nice one demo uh i just want to just want to show this uh slide here i may not have um popped that up but you can see all the different ethical investment options that we've got uh so you can see the sectors there and then uh so you click on each one climate change for example so uh you can choose to exclude no fossil fuels the worst offenders uh or anything to do with fossil fuels so there's that next level of customization within uh, each uh, hmm. I guess, sector or ethical category uh, that we have there. So if you want to have a look in a bit more detail, go to nucleuswealth.com forward slash ethical. Uh, and, and if there's things you want to cut out that we haven't approached and, and you think there's a way of us
1: finding those companies, particularly from an independent source, you know, we're, we're always interested in, in talking to and adding new features.
0: Yeah, and uh, just on that point, uh, an advisor reached out to us recently about Sharia Investing. And uh, uh, so we, we've now offered that option as well, haven't we? Yes. Yep. So um, yeah, we're always always open to doing things differently and open to ideas. So if you've got any feedback for us or something you would like to see in there, um, just reach out to us at contact at um and start the conversation. We're more than happy to, to entertain those ideas. Uh, so now moving on, we have our question of the week. Um, so this is for viewers to have some discussion in the comments section over the coming days. The question for this week is, which method of ethical investment would you choose? So feel fr- free to post your thoughts and engage with us and some of the other viewers over the coming days. Um, so that almost wraps us up. Uh, Damo, this week, we do not not going to do an Investment Insights, are we? No. No. Pre-record. That uh, Pre-record. That's right. You know A couple of weeks like out. In, in, <laughs> any, any weeks uh, yeah. Anything can happen at this stage with with uh, well, the markets being as volatile as they are. But, but I'll, I will be around
1: and I'll be writing. I'll be blog posting and stuff like that. So yeah, come to the site. And I'll, if you're looking for any any big movement, so I'll be talking about it there.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, that almost wraps us up. So Damo, thanks again for sharing all your all your valuable insights. And I'm sure you've got lots out of it. Awesome. Uh, so we do welcome your feedback on this podcast, especially in regards to suggestions for future topics. If you do have any ideas, please drop it in the comment section below or send us an email at contact at Just a reminder, this is general advice and does not take into account your personal situation. If you do want to discuss your personal financial situation, please go to our website at nucleuswealth.com forward slash contact, and you can book a call myself and we can have a chat. Don't forget to like the video now, and if you know of anyone that might get some value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could please share it with them. Also, if you'd like to see more of our previous episodes and content, head over to nucleuswealth.com forward slash content, or subscribe to our homepage for our weekly Nucleus news and investment insights. We do put out a lot of other articles and videos in addition to this podcast, so that's where you can check it out there. And of course, you can also follow us on all major social media. So for myself, Damien, and the rest of the team at Nucleus Wealth, thanks for watching, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.